0: Jay, how are you doing it's the worst week of the year the week between christmas and new year's where there's nothing going on uh, and the biggest news story features the cdc um, i hope you're doing better than i am
1: you know i don't i don't know if i am we're all going through it these are even you know I, I think because of what the reasons that you just said that there's nothing for us to really do or focus on that much even though i for some reason feel very uh, overworked and busy doing shit
0: your chores aren't they don't pay so it doesn't really i know it makes you feel that way but you're really just throwing your energy into the void you know that
1: well sometimes you have to do stuff that don't pay chris i i'm i'm sorry i don't
0: i, I don't <laughs> no comprende señor
1: part of being in a modern relationship Means that we all have to do our part and I am not doing my part enough. So says who So uh, says people I live with sometimes.
0: (laughs) So you're telling me that both of your dogs spoke to you in English and said, (laughs) you're lazy. That's fucked up, bro. You need to get rid of those dogs. I told you, you
1: no, it's kind of, it's tough. Like the way I look at it is like, there's a whole, there's priority list and one person's priority list is not always in, in line copacetic mm. whatever you want to call it with other people in your life and that Ain't that can that the be truth. that, that can that be an truth, issue chief. and that's something she looked at
0: my parents list for me when i was a junior in high school it didn't really line up with mine mm-hmm. you know and, and and we've been able to maintain a relationship
1: that's nice well you know so sometimes the things that uh that i'm like you know what this can wait for another time it can't wait other people Mm -hmm. so this is the time of the year where if if other work and emails and things like that are slowing down then I could finally focus on all the other exciting stuff like getting a a quote to fix a sprinkler system or (laughs) cleaning an oven or you know all that stuff look
0: as a guy who takes out the trash four times a day uh, because someone (laughs) isn't into that part of the of the chore list Uh I, I do understand where you're coming from to some extent um, but I think we should focus on more positive things today.
1: I think that would be a great idea. Fuck the negative. Thanks
0: to better help. I'm feeling mentally clear and ready to talk about some cool stuff, Jason.
1: Thank God.
0: Yeah, I was, I went to, well, we went to Brentwood yesterday for lunch, which was nice just to be around my, pe- my people.
1: Chris is busy working hard. I like it. We just
0: drove an hour for lunch, an hour back in the rain. It's. I mean,
1: <laughs> when it when it rains, when it
0: rains, you know. first of all, also my favorite store at the Brentwood Country Mart, Turban, which is incre- an incredible store. Turban. Yeah, it's like a it's like a stuff store, but they have like Hermes dishware, but they also have like Aesop. They have Combe de Garcon. Mm-hmm. They have it's it's a really cool it's a really great store, but the the fucking. I see the guy in there, you know, the owner with his wife, and they're just, you know, they're putzing around. They have a sign on the door that says "system down." So I'm basically looking at the guy like, "Let me into the fucking store, please. I, I might buy something. Who knows? I might need some Hermes china. Today is the day."
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: and he's like, "Sorry, the computer's broken." So it's just like because the computer's broken, you can't even browse. Jason, I could have paid cash.
1: When you when you can't sell any products and you're, that's the only point of your store, then I guess you know what are you really going to do?
0: Of course, but there could have there's there's just this. Uh, I, I just don't think that was the and right. And also, response. this
1: time of year for Turbon to go dark, it's oh, crazy. That's hurt. It's crazy.
0: But anyway, I, I did. We did I you know I I made the rare after Spencer I swore off the movies.
1: All all movies. Well, I see people talking about this
0: awful Adam McKay movie that that like is about a meteor hitting the earth and it's like his his statement on climate change like which That
1: I, that I did see unfortunately.
0: Oh god, that looks How bad is it? Cuz it looks awful.
1: It's really bad. It's him trying to make his version of like idiocracy, where it has a little bit of, yeah,
0: yeah,, yeah. black
1: mirror style predicting of the the near dystopian future. Which is like a, a tough angle to pull off, and a lot of people will say *Idiocracy* is a bad movie. A lot of people will say it's a documentary, but you know, mm-hmm. say what you will. There, nobody else has been able to pull a, a film like that off and have it actually be, you know, sort of funny. Good point. You know, we we got Jonah Hill being Jonah Hill, which I don't know, man. I,
0: I'm just good on all. The, like, it's it's
1: the the biggest bummer was the cast was so crazy the
0: blockbuster crazy, crazy
1: and the and the film itself is just what the flying fuck did i just watch kind of vibe i'm from.
0: just good i'm just like adam mckay got too much press and this thing where actually i i just think that there's something with a guy like this who's made so many classic funny movies and now he's like you know what i'm serious like the world is too i need to make my statement on how bad the world is because it's i'm a serious guy now me and Will, me and Will Ferrell broke up, so I'm going to make my epic film for Netflix Corporation.
1: Will would have never let this happen. It sounds like our friend Adam has a maybe a bit of a guilty conscience, and he's trying to kind of right some wrongs. Maybe he's mm. trying to earn some karma points for some you know Me Too action he he did back. No, in 03. No, no, no. I,
0: I no, I think he's done a lot of polluting. That's what I thought. I think this guy. I think this guy hasn't been recycling. Years of not separating. Yeah, I think he's not separating. I think he's using a lot of gas. He doesn't drive a Tesla. You know what I mean? I think maybe mm-hmm. he might even fly private. He's pretty rich. You know what I mean? So it's like him and DiCaprio don't even share. They, they, if they're going to the same place, they take separate planes. Yeah, of course. But it's just really weird that he went and like told i don't know i i would if you and i had a a falling out privately yeah i don't think i would air that out in an interview to promote my new movie i just think that (laughs) honestly i just think that's really bad form like you guys made a lot of money together you were you had a business together you were friends like and i know that he he probably thought it was like an olive branch but i just don't think when you're a true celebrity you do that publicly
1: i agree and it's also a pretty tough putt to poo poo and and try to get one of the more lovable beloved character actors of our time, Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. Like every, if you have to pick one of the two, like nobody even knows yeah. who Adam McKay yeah. is. And they're like, I love yeah. elf.
0: Oh, Adam McKay made that movie where the hot chick describes stocks from the bathtub. <laughs> I love that guy. Like no one, no one gives a shit,
1: bro. Watching that scene in the theater. I was like, okay, okay. This is different. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You felt like you were in middle school again. You were trying to get a handy out of that. Scene. Yeah, who
1: who was that that did that? Margot Robbie.
0: Margot Robbie.
1: Yeah, I mean the the guy who spent his whole life making Maxim magazine, the movie now wants to talk about <laughs> fucking climate change, bro.
0: I don't need to hear from him. But but we went to the theater and did see um, licorice pizza. I was like, this is going to be too long and kind of boring. Mm-hmm. And I was, of course, right. It was too long, but it was really good. I really liked it. Really? Music was great. Everything. It's just good. It's just nice to see a movie that's like purely about entertainment. Like it's it's got everything. It's got like the heartstrings. It's got humor. It looks cool. Like, you know, there's famous people in it, but it's it's not like there's a message here. Mm-hmm. You need to like, you need to leave this and remember that you hate Donald Trump and you hate climate change. <laughs> it's literally just a movie that's fun to watch. And I don't think we, re- I, I don't think we need, we need that in our society. right it's, now.
1: it's just a, just a nice sweet story for the love of loving, nice, sweet stories.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's just, I, I don't know. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, but I think, I-, I liked it for the reasons I just said. I
1: gotta say that makes me happy to hear. I'm glad your faith in cinema has been restored a little bit. Oh,
0: well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure it'll be ruined by the next thing I see, but I-, I I just thought that for
1: one brief fleeting moment, all was right.
0: It was really nice to see something that was just just nice for for the sake of being nice, and it didn't have some like you know dark message, or it wasn't trying to convince me of something. Mm-hmm. You-, you know what I mean? That that's it. I-, I just feel like we've gotten into this. Like I mean I think the Adam McKay thing is a great example of everybody's trying to make some grandiose statement and it's just like I don't know if I need it from you chief.
1: Yeah, I think because documentary films are so much more popular now and they they already do such a good job at doing mm, that. Good point. Having a film like a you know a fictional dramatized tale depicting that it's kind of like we don't we don't really need that from you anymore chief like we're like documentaries are fucking sick, and we can just learn and, and feel things from that. And also, PTA, a master of period piece.
0: Alana was, it's pretty incredible, man. She's really good. Like, I, I was like, I'm, I was very impressed. I mean, I don't think it was some like super challenging role by any means. But still, if you've never acted before,
1: she'd just playing her cutie self.
0: Yeah, but I mean, to never act before and be the star of a movie that's like wide release, big ass movie with like a. It's pretty wild. I mean, obviously she's famous, but still, that's crazy. The rest of Heim, Danielle, and Esty are in the movie in a funny way, too. Like they're kind of. They they just play her sisters, Okay. <laughs> just like it's no, again not a stretch, but it's it's cool that they're in it in a pretty in like a way that doesn't really matter, but it's it's cool that they're in it. A
1: nice homage. Okay, that's good news, Chris.
0: But yeah, I would I would suggest I would suggest seeing it and um you know uh, zoning out for a couple hours.
1: What do you what do you think about the? There's been some talk about it being a bit odd that mm. there's a romance between a 25 year old and a 15 year old
0: uh yeah i mean i yeah that's that's a thing on tiktok apparently oh okay i don't i mean it's it's but nothing ha- it's like innocent it's kind of like puppy love kind of shit like nothing happens mm-hmm. like they don't have sex like they kiss okay and at that at that point he's 16 so it's legal
1: not in california but maybe in the 70s it was that's what I- but but it had, what was that movie um where the the young student and like his teacher have a little crush harold and harold and Maud, is that what it is? i thought
0: you were talking about dawson's creek when pacey smashed the teacher but yeah yeah you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're talking about Harold and Maude. That's different, but yeah, 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 yeah. I know that one too.
1: Is, but does it have that same kind of sweet energy to it? Where yeah,
0: it's it's sweet, and it's also like 40 years ago. You, you know what I mean? I just don't think that people mm-hmm. are just so insane with finding something to be mad about. Me included. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think I think that this is that. I mean, it's the same thing as like "Call Me by Your Name." But because that's like gay, nobody, everybody's just like this is bad because it's gay. <laughs> they don't even get to the point where it, where it's like this guy's sixteen or whatever, and the you know the guy's older. But again, that was that was in the eighties too. I mean, I also think that the difference with licorice pizza is that it's a it's a woman mm-hmm. and a, you know what I mean. It's like the guy, the guy is younger, not the woman.
1: That is a difference, but maybe that you know in twenty twenty one that difference is kind of. I don't know. It's not you can't really use that as an argument anymore. Now that gender has become fluid,
0: he made a statement about it where he was like, "Yeah, I don't know, bro. <laughs> like, it's like mm-hmm. I just don't care." Basically, is is kind of what the vibe was, which I think is the, the best way to approach that.
1: If you really do have a problem with it, you probably w- shouldn't be watching Paul Thomas. Emerson I don't think. Yeah, I was about to say. Anyway. I don't think you're
0: going to see that movie if you really have a problem with that. You know what I mean?
1: Kind of the same vibe as the the Call Me By Your Name. The people who are really going to be offended by it are not even ever going to see the film because it's going to be like, oh, there's is gay people in it? Oh, hell no.
0: I, I ain't with this gay shit, bro. That I loved Call Me By Your Name. What a great movie. I kind of forgot about it.
1: Time to revisit it, I guess.
0: I don't really want... You know do to watch things twice, bro. It's not really my vibe.
1: I try not to. I, I need a little bit of time and it also depends on how much... Cron um, was in my system for the first time viewing it.
0: Are you talking about chronic marijuana?
1: Because if you do enough of it, I don't know if you've heard this before, but you can forget <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, I know. I've heard it.
0: <laughs> So you're saying to me that if you smoke or ingest too much marijuana, you might not kind of understand the plot and be able to break it down.
1: Uh, what no, you- no, no. You'll you'll watch it and at the time not only will you understand it (laughs) you'll understand things that were not even intended to be understood yes and you will sort of i don't want to say touch the hand of god himself but you can come pretty close Mm -hmm. but then the next day they're like hey how was it and you're like how was what
0: Uh, bro i couldn't even tell you which is
1: good because you know i hate i'm the same as you i don't like to do a rewatch
0: but you're telling me i was at the movies last night are you sure that was me Cause I don't, you know, I don't know, bro. I don't know if I was, show me the receipts. Yeah, I need to see the receipts, dog.
1: But yeah, I mean, I, I hate doing a double watch. But you know, if you if you do drugs before it, mm-hmm. you basically are. You know, you're wiping that slate clean.
0: No, you're right, but yeah, I'm
1: ready to go rounds.
0: But I need to go. I really want to go. Like Siskel, Are you, <laughs> Siskel from Siskel
1: and Ebert. Rest in peace.
0: You're saying he went rounds like he would watch multiple films in a row, or he was a known stick man.
1: Oh, more of the first than the second. I mean, I, I hope he was getting his, but I don't. Who do you who
0: do you think was doing more work, Siskel or Ebert?
1: Which one is the one who died recently? Who had the uh, the cancer in his jaw?
0: Uh i don't know bro
1: whoever isn't that one is probably more of the sick man i'll say the one the one who's alive is putting in more work is my no
0: ebert my roger ebert uh left it left us on by the way there's something i've been hearing people say jason well particularly Charlemagne (laughs) the god
1: that's that's what you refer to as people well he
0: said that he says and joe budden says this too
1: Mm-hmm. It's like they say. So all the podcasters,
0: when someone's died, they say they've transitioned. What? Like they've transitioned to the uh, the afterlife. And I'm like, you can't transition means something else.
1: And to me, it means I'm I'm uh, I'm mixing one great song into another yeah, for, yeah exactly like from from the turn community yeah the, means a whole yeah other
0: I'm I'm coming to it from why
1: do you why do you think they say that is it like a because re, it, it reeks of religious yeah it's just it's just
0: weird and they say it all the time and like you know like Drake, you the ruler transitioned this weekend and it's like I guess they say it more if someone dies of of, of not like getting killed you know what i mean but it's, it's like a way to right, right, it's right. a way if, if
1: they go peacefully. but it's a
0: way to not say like death or die you know what i mean it's like you're it sounds like a. it's a word that's being used to avoid saying another word because it's a term that is completely not
1: i feel i feel like everyone was kind of like i think every. i thought we were all fine with just saying somebody has passed when you want to say Somebody died in a respectful way, right? I'm that's good. A, I'm good with isn't saying passing, just good enough.
0: I'm good with saying dead. I'm good. No, he did. He did. I mean, I just—it's a very strange thing that I've heard a few. I mean, I've heard enough times to be like, "Oh, this must be something people are saying," you know. Damn, uh, but it doesn't really work for me.
1: I would have suspected a, a Charlemagne or a Budden. They would use my favorite, which is they got touched.
0: Mm, that's if that, I don't think that implies death. I think that implies. Punched.
1: You know, if you're a cool guy, that means you got murdered. I don't know
0: if it's that extreme, bro. I think I know what you mean, and I I I like to, you know, he got touched, or you know, don't get touched, or Mm. my preferred, we're about to touch the stage. (laughs) You know, that's how that's how I used it for our entire tour.
1: And you, and when you touch the stage, you do kill it. So that that is damn, damn. You're right, shit, bro. Fuck, (laughs) damn. But it could be, you know, touched as in by the hand of God as he guides you into your transition phase. That's obviously true. to go into the pearly gates of heaven.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think some of these people could go to hell, but I don't want to kind of, you know, that's not for me to say. Oh, Christopher. So quickly, cause I'm going to need to go put a B12 patch on before this podcast. So let's go ahead and, you know, uh, we, we, we do have a guest today, Jason, um, a legendary guitar hero, Matt Sweeney. Uh, you might know him from, uh, his work with Bonnie Prince, Billy, uh, the band Chavez, uh, but he's played guitar and produced records for everyone from fucking, Cat Power to Queens of the Stone Age to Neil Diamond to even Dave Grohl Cold Cold Cave even Dave Grohl he was on he was on Adele's Absolute Classic 21 Billy Corgan's Zwan never forget Zwan but but Sweeney's an East Village legend a a guitar hero and um i just want to talk to him kind of about tuning today for an hour yeah so i thought he was i thought he was a good guy to kind of get into drop d with and, and kind of talk gear
1: finally chris has someone to go toe-to-toe with for his love of audiophilia exactly and he has somebody that he's able to kind of match with with
0: sweeney 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 but what kind of speakers you use at home give me come on tell me what's up man uh, you, you no, know, we're what gonna you got? get
1: into it sweeney knows it's all about the room and not about the speakers
0: exactly all right let's let's give him a jingle okay
1: so you were, you were just complaining, and I was complaining too, about the lack of headphone ports on our devices. You know, it was a real bummer when that left my phone and you can't charge and listen to music at the same time. And I think I think Apple's starting to make a little bit of a comeback because they had like some other devices that didn't have stuff. Like the new MacBook is starting to get more ports in there and, and USBs and HDMIs and stuff that they took off. So do you think that we're... Winning the war against Apple for our audiophile community? I
2: don't think you do. I hope you don't.
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't think that the... I don't think we'll ever win. I don't think that's the point. We've already lost, dude. Yeah. We Yeah, we've lost. And I also think that when we continue to lose but they they keep you know they give us new shit to keep us occupied you know what i'm saying there's other new feet you know we can ignore the fact that we don't have a port because they gave us some new bell and whistle that gets us excited that's the vibe i'm getting
1: yeah but the bluetooth you know it has you know god it's the technology it's plugged into your skull there's you know, waves and frequencies and things, and we don't trust it. And, you know, we, we, what we do trust is some hard media, you know, <laughs> a, a cassette, a DVD, a, a compact disc. We recently released our own podcast CD, and I was thinking about it yesterday how it's nice that, like, you can go to a store and buy a CD, and it's just going to be exactly what it is. And now, and every day for the rest of our lives, if we listen to something on a streaming platform, we don't really know exactly what it is. If we watch a movie on Netflix, like is are they gonna change things and will there be a secondary market for DVDs so you can watch the way it originally was before
0: a hard copy. You know, a
1: hard copy. Will that raise in value? What do you think, Matt?
2: I mean, I think it would be better to ask a young person. (laughs) You know, it's got value to me and anybody my age. And so it only matters to people, you know, I don't know,
0: young. CDs were our prime era. You know what I mean? So, like, that's what we wanted to do because that's what we grew up with. But I think that the – I think that – I don't know. I mean, I think CD is next, though. The cassette renaissance happened. The vinyl renaissance is obviously – gonna just continue and get bigger and bigger i think cassette i mean i think cds have have the same why would it not happen i totally CDs? agree i totally agree i mean you know and
2: again among people my age it never really left i mean it, it's had dips and stuff but as far as like people who are like heads and seriously into music yeah most people held on to all of their physical media
1: or did you hold on to all yours as well matt oh, no it's like i i have to live <laughs> of Life and, and so and, and I so
2: I've had to move so many times that yeah 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 you know, um but but I you know I got some stuff but so you know I grew up that way but you know somebody who doesn't have a relationship to physical media growing up which is now most of the people who spend money on music
0: yeah you know
2: yeah. so it, it, it remains to be seen but it, clearly they like it <laughs> you know but I don't know it's like we're, we're all older guys talking about people that that we don't understand who are there but you know I, I think a dialogue between. People are in their 20s and people in their 50s like me is a good thing to have. You know, I find it Mm -hmm. pretty interesting. And there's certainly like a lot there for both sides to like enjoy. You know what I mean? Because that like kids definitely grow up radically different. And at this point in time, it seems like, you know, people, older people had it much, much better. You know, but then somebody in their 20s is prone to think that. Anyway, I think you know, like when you're your mid 20s, all of a sudden you, you you figure some shit out, you get out of the way of yourself a little bit, you, mm-hmm. you see some patterns and stuff, and oftentimes you get interested uh, in the time period around the time they're actually born and what they came up in becomes mm-hmm. a point of huge interest. I know that was that way for me, and clearly like right now people are interested in '90 stuff because you know young people are into '90 stuff because
0: yeah, 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 of that
2: you know, and I think this is just a thing that happens, you know, um, but it generally seems right now that you know people are very rosy about what the what the past was in almost every regard. Because why the fuck wouldn't mm. you
0: be mm-hmm. um,
2: <laughs> the interest in physical media? is is part of that you know and the the vinyl thing it's really it's surprising considering like what a nasty environmentally unfriendly (laughs) yeah yeah hair vinyl is and it's so uncool as far as like what the fuck it is
0: hell yeah i i rock with you it's a gas guzzler (laughs) yeah it is it really is
2: and that that came back so hard it speaks a lot and there can be there's people are spending endless hours bitching about how crazy it is and like you know that Every major artist now has, you know, makes vinyl because fans no, it's, fucking it's, love it.
0: It's ephemera. It's ephemera. It's ephemera. Yeah, yeah. And
2: I heard of a funny story. It's uh, of somebody. They realized that they had pressed uh, a really popular record had a really fucked up pressing, and they had put out a fair amount of them several, many thousands of them.
0: It was it was wrong. Like there yeah, was a the problem was with it. Jacked. Okay.
2: Just fucking <laughs> fucked up, and they were like, "Oh God, what are we gonna do?" Now? Well, we'll just wait for the for the returns to come in. I guess deal with it on piece by piece basis.
0: No <laughs> <One> return ever. <laughs> yes, but, uh, yeah. Not one got returned. Thousands of them, you know. So, so, and
2: and you know what? That's fine. It's ephemera and stuff. And then you know, if somebody does get around to getting a record player, they see how fucking cool it is. Because I still can't really explain why it's such a more deeply satisfying experience to listen. To record, you know, than than any other way, because it's 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 ridiculous and it's a pointless to even talk about it. at this point. It's sort of like <laughs>
0: sure, sure. I, I mean, I think there's something. To, I think there's something to be said with uh, with that. It's a little more tactile in the way that you talk about. No, I'm
2: saying we could just go on and on and on. Yeah, and on. That's fine. yeah. Like I can also say why it's good to go for a walk, and for the next six hours, we could talk about why it's good to go for a walk. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It works great. People love it, you know, <laughs> and it does make you wonder about maybe other things that people love that, that go in and out of favor for, for money, you know, for market reasons,
1: like beanie babies, <laughs>
2: cassettes or CD, you know, like, like that sort of thing. It does kind of go up and down. And, and, and the, the way that mass music is sold and consumed has always sort of changed in these really seismic ways, you know, like, like if you get into the history of it and stuff and Mm -hmm. oil consumption and the power of oil coincides directly with, with music sort of peaking in 1967 and record buying, you know, sort sort of, it's, it's interesting, you know, there's like a lot of reasons that, 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 that go into all of this stuff. And, and uh, I like talking to, Experts about that kind of shit.
0: Well, I don't have access to experts like that. That's why I use Spotify. You know what I mean? It's pretty, great. it's pretty great for streaming music. It's pretty great for listening to music on the go. I don't know if you've ever tried it, but it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I like to just go into my study, pour a glass of cognac, sit in my uh, sit in my leather chair, pull up that Spotify. Ooh.
2: But you know, but, no, but but again, but it's important. Like I remember, it was just a time where like Napster had sort of taken over, and music had been totally devalued. And it really was kind of a bummer time, you know, and, and this person younger than me who kind of grew up when that kind of stuff had hit him when he was in late high school and he was like intensely into music, essentially what my friend said was more people are, are going to be listening to music. Music is going be, to be part of people's lives. People are going to have deeper access to wild shit Are going to be hearing it more and more and more and it, like all the time. And I remember being like, well, that's kind of interesting. It's kind of true. That's proven to be totally the case, you know? Yeah. It's like as if everybody grew up under a kind of creepy fascist radio station or something. Maybe that's what Spotify (laughs) is saying, okay? So it's like, okay, so (laughs) fascist radio stations that played, there was good music on there, you know what I mean? Like, it's presented in a weird way and blah, 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 but ultimately, you know, it's like this stuff, you know, I don't know, I don't know everything about it, because again, I came up listening to music my way, you know, and... And and I often wonder, it's like it's like, am I missing out in life by not living the Spotify life and having it plugged into you know all these things and moods and vibes?
0: And because everybody's like, oh, <laughs> that's moods, right? That's their big market share.
2: It's a technology company. It started as a tech program. It actually was something very similar to Pi Piper. On the, on the, on the, <laughs> oh
0: hell yeah 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 it, well, it really was yeah yeah, yeah, the, yeah I know. the whole thing
2: the thing was the thing was hey we figured out a way to to absolutely kind of you know give a Rorschach of of what music looks like right and exactly exactly and so nobody so you nobody could copy your shit that's what it started as you know mm. so it had nothing to do with what it ended up as as off, as these things often are, you know so it's like
0: i mean that's what most successful things are these days no matter what the actual output is it's like logistics or technology is the reason that you're successful that's the things that need to be mastered
2: and maybe this probably could be since roman times all i know do you know what I mean? Like, mm. ultimately, is military really the only thing reason that anything ever happened. You know, like, like technology built to kill people—is that really where <laughs> everything
0: comes? I do Damn! Now, now your third eye is open, and you're saying Spotify <laughs> is a military psyop. No, but, and you know, I don't. We got to be careful. We're, we you know, we're in bed with Spotify. I don't know. I don't know what your streaming like, rates are like. None but of this is
2: like PowerPoint or anything. This is just like you know, wherever the money is, they're trying to develop stuff. To of make course, money,
1: The music. Romans were known for their architecture as well as their algorithms, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, exactly, just the technology. Yeah. Technology wasn't quite there yet, but I think it's good to have a your foot in both pools. Yeah, so you have that tangible discovery. You go to the record store, you take a risk on something because you think the album art looks cool. You might be out twenty bucks because it sucks, mm-hmm. but if you discover something that organic way, you you it f- sticks with you forever. Yeah, but it's also super cool to be like, there's a crazy Japanese experimental noise record. The vinyl's forty five dollars. Eh, I don't want to do it. I can I can pick up my phone. And play the song instantly and be like, oh, this is sick. I'll buy it now.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and also, just because of the shit that was going on in my life, and stuff, I went for years without listening to physical media, you know? And it, it was a bummer, and I wish, you know, I missed it, but just I was like able to fucking live okay and it was all right, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Way yeah. better to have it. It's way fucking better to have it. But, you know, it's like, you know, the name of the game of, the of, game of life is like basically losing, you know, it's about getting used to losing it, So I was able to, like, <laughs> Live without it. The thing that I've been wondering is like, and it's just so sad to be a grown ass human thinking about like, and why do you up? Because I don't know anything about TikTok. That right? Like, really? I fucking had that thought smoking weed the other day. Like, like <laughs> because I was thinking about kids who grew up only listening to streaming music, which is you know billions of kids, you know, and say somebody who's twenty five grew up with streaming music and shit, and then I and then I thought about like my you know, small patch of the, of the world, which is fucking, I'm so happy that I get to do what I do. And that it's, 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 it's actually on the scale that has always made sense to me since, since I kind of understood how like underground rock music was, you know, like mm-hmm. when I was like 14 or 15, I was like, Oh, whoa, you know, like the seat, venues are never bigger than two thousand people and you could have like a relationship with your fans (laughs) yeah yeah. holy fuck and you could just do that. You know, like like that you know, that scale, you know, it hasn't changed at all. You know, for me, it's like that that I get to fucking do that is so fucking rad, I can't believe it. You know what I mean? So I really can't bitch about anything, but but and so I'm in this little obscure corner that does that. And it's like that the, there's this giant world of music stuff that I really am. You know, I have nothing to do with. As much as I think that I'm part of this big world, it's like there's a much bigger world out there that sometimes I wonder <laughs> who should I be on TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: okay. So so you're at home. You're hitting the bong, <laughs> and you're like, is there? a truffle in this sh- mountain of shit that i'm missing out on because i i've not participated in tiktok no not
2: not about me so much as honestly my dad was a bagpiper and was into chamber music and i grew up in musical subcultures and stuff and there's things about them that i came to really love but there's other things about them that as a child i was aware of just the sad uselessness of it all
0: you know what i mean like sure sure yes 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 there's i've seen a lot of sad useless hardcore bands in my time and i know that that (laughs) you know
2: sometimes it is exciting because i'm such a fan of i don't know so many things that were bigger than subculture like just all this rock music that I'm fucking obsessed with and all this other kinds of music that I'm obsessed with. These were like not super obscure things. I love plenty of super obscure shit too, but then fucking come on, you know, there's like so much other stuff to dig into in the world that was actually popular.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't think being popular is negative the way it used to be to some people. I think what, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think there was a time where like things being popular, like gave it this sheen that kind of, allowed people to write it off if you're a certain kind of person like oh i can't like that because it's xyz yes yeah
2: that's that's basic snobbery you know (laughs)
0: yeah of course but i think we've reached a new we've reached a new plane and we've talked about this in the show a lot where i think that like some of this i think like olivia Rodrigo is a great example of like Mm -hmm. it's it's been intellectualized to a point by the press where it's like hey guys i think these are just good songs (laughs) like i think it's just like this is just pro shit kind of
2: yeah It's always creepy that it has to be, and this has been the case forever. It's like, okay, yes, there's going to be a a brilliant teenager who's going to be fucking picked apart and blown up to a giant degree. You can see all the, you know, every little thing about them. And there will always be one. There's always, always yeah,
0: you're right. No, you're right. It's
2: totally great, you know, and, and the music is great. And then, yeah, I agree. And then it all just gets made miserable and done, and and then literally turned into the thing that 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 the artist was not, you know. It's yeah, a cycle, yeah, yeah. you know. But it's really wild how it just keeps on fucking happening, you know. And it's like it doesn't look like fun at all.
0: <laughs> no, it doesn't. I I I think that we were talking about this earlier about how it's just. I mean, I think hip hop is 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 more prevalent, like the the absolute obsession with youth and it being like almost impossible to age into. Yeah. But I think that this, I think you're absolutely right. Whether it's Justin Bieber or Olivia Rodrigo, there's always going to be a 15 or 16 year old that we just, I I just don't think there's that much to understand about a 16 year old. (laughs) Like, I think it's like a pretty, like, I don't think it's that difficult. I don't think it's that complex. I think it's like, yeah, but it's an
2: eternal energy. And also, but, but here's to the fact that like hip hop and any pop music form is youth obsessed. Also, but man, you know, like, there's, like, Lil John is fucking
0: 50, man. You
2: know? It's like, like, <laughs> dude, yeah, Juicy yeah, J is yeah. fucking 50, man. You know, like. That's like, crazy. I mean, That's crazy, actually. No, right, dude. Right. Run the Jewels are way in their 40s, man. You know, like.
1: Yeah, 2 Chains, Rick Ross, these are all people who are, you know, if not 50, then they're touching it. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I compare hip-hop artists, contemporary hip-hop artists to professional wrestlers like WWF personalities a lot and I think there's a little bit of that now where like these legacy people from our childhood in the 80s or whatever, The Undertaker and all these people who have been wrestling for 30 40 years, those are kind of like the Lil' Johns of today where if you if you do something, if you really stick with it, navigate it they'll find a home for you and there'll be a seat at the table for you
2: Yeah, I mean but in the pro wrestling you know, pop music thing yeah. parallels could be drawn always because they're dealing with the same public in a lot of ways, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the same public is the same
2: public. A company
1: no, right. is creating a character and telling them what to do, and yeah, uh, making yeah. a bunch of money. On yeah,
2: them. or or the, the the companies also know that they when to back off and to just wait to vampire onto something that's something that's already happening, and you know. But the old rock and wrestling shit goes it goes fucking way back. Greg, you know the Wipers, right? You're a Wipers
0: fan. Yeah, yeah, I know the Wipers, yeah.
2: Greg yeah. Sage made an incredible record pre-Wipers with a, a pro wrestler named Beauregard. <laughs> and it's a smoking-ass wiper rock record. It's killer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think
1: I remember hearing the name Beauregard. Oh, yeah, Beauregard's dope.
0: I mean, I feel like you, you've had an interesting career of doing whatever you want and then being able to... Put your foot into the big big stuff when you want to or when you're called upon. Which kinda seems like a dream in a lot of ways. That's thanks. Nice. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like I think that there's there's like a I think that some people can toil away in like indie world forever and never kind of get access to this other stuff that we've been talking about. Right. But I think you've been able, you've been able to do both, which is like pretty rare. I think for, for, for a lot of people
1: to, to be able to do it and still maintain uh, a good reputation and, and be respected by your peers.
0: To be fair. I don't know what your reputation is. It could be yeah. bad, but yeah, we're yeah. assuming it's yeah, good. You
2: guys are in deep shit for even having me on the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, thanks. I don't know that that's, that's cool. I think, I think right place, right time. And I think like, I don't know. I, I can't over, overstate. It was really like Rick Rubin helping, uh, like kind of working with me the way that he did. And for as long.
1: Fellow podcaster, Rick Rubin, we know that guy. I feel like
2: Rick was sort of somehow like certainly fucking put me in really unimaginable motherfucking situations. Whereas previous to that, I really was always playing with my peers.
1: You get Yeah. The Rick Rubin cosign, you're good anyway. But, but, but yeah, the first time I worked
2: with him, it was with like the t- Tom Petty's band. And like my ass you know
1: (laughs) well i think uh here's what uh, i'm a theory that i just thought of Uh you know a lot of people in your position are very talented they're very good at making music and and all the stuff that you're good at but a skill that you have or at least rick rubin saw in you was that you are cool around big famous people You're not going to fuck it up being in the room with Adele or whatever it is. Like Mm -hmm. That's the key difference of like, all right, this guy can actually come up and do some of this big shit and he's not going to fuck it up by you know being some weirdo you're not going to smell bad you're not going to ask weird questions you're not going to show up late right, you know right, like right. you know you know how to be in a room with big dogs and a lot of people don't know how to do that
2: yeah i mean yeah, thank you and and what what you just said is is very good advice uh that i mean that every, literally everything you said is like yeah that's how you behave when you're at work with anybody <laughs> you
1: know yeah 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 no true true I, I think a big part of what it boils down to is like Is this somebody I can be in a room with for 12 hours or whatever? And there's a lot of people who I'm like, I don't want that fucking guy here again.
2: 100%. I, I agree. But Rick didn't know that. You know, he actually, like, 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 and, uh, uh, but, <laughs> but that's how it, it happens. And, and I frankly didn't know that I was going to be good at that really either. You know, I wasn't mm-hmm. e- even prior to that. I wasn't a guy who I was like, oh, we should get Matt to, you know, I wasn't like running around playing <laughs> on lots of people's records. I don't
1: know. People never said Matt, need love that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, not really. You know. <laughs> so wh- what were you, do- what were you doing with Tom Petty? No, this, it was, it was with Mike
2: it was with Mike Campbell and Ben Montench uh, from Tom Petty's band and Smokey uh, uh Johnny Cash. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but, but, but he was, but he, he was, he was dead. Yeah, the deal was, which I found out. Because I asked, I said, how does this work? You know, and they're like, well, it's a live band. <laughs> it's a live band. You're going to be playing to, to, a, to a click track and Johnny Cash's voice.
1: Okay. And so I said, yes, yeah, so I'll,
2: I'll, I'll do that, you know, or I'll check that out.
1: I'll check that out. I'll do a live remix of a transition, Johnny. How do you say no to that?
2: I mean, I could have because it could have been weird. Honestly,
1: like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Mind, that was the most mind blowing shit. But really kind of that moment was like just mind blowing. And then talking about how to be good in a room, I was like, okay. I'm, I'm playing for this guy, uh-huh. you know, like I'm playing for this guy, because now I know, he just told me what the score was, this fucking, mm-hmm. the most seasoned motherfucker I, I will ever meet, you know, like, just said to me, you know, you're about to work, you're, you know, you're about to do this, here's the deal, you know, so, and, and that was that, I think really that was the thing, I just kind of had to get the fuck I mean, like that, that. That will snap one into line. You know,
1: he, he he clearly gave you the assignment, and and you understood. Yeah, it. yeah, totally. And then and then Rick came in, and and and, uh,
2: and I was like, so I don't want to fuck up. You know, like my <laughs> he, he's like, so we're gonna be playing to the click, and you guys have done this before. And then you know, I was like, okay, I was like, and then I just like pulled him aside. And I was like, I don't know what I'm fucking doing. He goes, no, you just do you. I was like, well, but I don't want to blow a take. He goes, you're isolated. We can always hit a race. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. that, was, that was it. You know, and so those two things were like. You know, and then really like that week, just sort of seeing like how people behave it was like, yeah, of course you're at work, you fucking look good and look nice, and you know, mm-hmm. be shut the fuck up but be funny. Take
1: a shower, brush your teeth, and f- f- kill it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I mean, I think that those situations, though. I mean, it's it's. I think from from what I've you know heard and 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 had access to in my life, I think it's also like. It really is a time and a place thing, and if everybody locks in, it's going to work. But if there's, you know, there can be a bad apple, and it fucks the whole thing up, you know. And you got to like. Yeah, I mean, if somebody really
2: sucks, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, was, I, I, I suppose in any studio situation where a band has been put together, there's been a lot of vetting going on, yeah, yeah. You know, and even for me, the, I was vetted by the fact that I'd made a record that Rick thought was great. That yeah, So, you know, he knew that I knew how to do something, you know what I mean? And I guess the nature of the record that Rick liked, which is this record, Superwolf, mm-hmm. the, the, the whole thing was that Rick had heard this record and that that, I, that me and, and Bonnie Prince mm-hmm. Billy made uh, called Superwolf, and he, and like out of the blue, calls me and was just freaking out about the record. He's like, it said all these great things, and I was stunned. And, and he was like, like, are you
0: saying? Are you saying you pick up the phone and it's him on the phone, just yes. telling you like, yeah. I fuck with this. I love their album.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and and, uh, and and he was like, Are you available to do stuff? I said, Yeah, you know, of course. And then that the next thing that happened was getting a call about this Johnny cast session, and then uh, that I went. You know, and that was like in two thousand five. It's a long time. Yeah, he called me two thousand four, two thousand five. You know, like and was just like. He was just like, that's my favorite
1: music. You know? like, I was like, all right. You know? Shit. And he
2: still says that. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> I don't know what his
1: problem is. <laughs> no, that, I mean, that's that's Rick's gift. He's the producer that doesn't produce, but produces perfectly. You know, I
2: got to work with him on so many projects. And uh, most my coffee's been so weird. Right now.
1: Sorry. Um, I was
2: once at a party with... It, it, like near work, like in Malibu, like, like after work, there was like a barbecue going on and, and Rick was there and a grandma was there. And she was just asking people who, who the fuck they were. And, uh, and what the, what did they do? It was like this sweet old lady.
1: And what do you do?
2: Yeah. Like, so what do you do? And he goes, Oh, I, I produce records. And she goes, Oh, what is that? What does that mean? <laughs> and it was so cool to see, to, to see her on the spot, you know? And he goes, he goes, I, I get to be in a band. I get to like join a band. Uh, when they're when they're recording but i don't play any instruments but my opinion counts it's like i'm a i'm I'm an extra member of the band
0: that's a good way to describe it no that's a really easy way to understand too yeah
2: yeah totally and uh, and then and then he's made so many records and and every record that he makes in some ways is different because people have different things but as far as like a classic rick rubin record he's he works really fucking hard he's totally there you know Mm -hmm. And, and and it's live sessions it's just done if you ever see any documentary about him making a record with a live band, so you, you know, you go and work from like 11 to five or something like that, more or less, you know, and if everything's great, you get three songs done. If It's amazing. You get four songs done. Mm-hmm. It's fucking sucks. If nothing gets done but generally with Jerry's Rick, shit gets done because he's already, put, you know, but, and, but that's those
1: are the kind of records that I was working on. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. you were when you were working with him a bunch and he was in Malibu, mm-hmm. where where were you spending your time in L.A.?
2: In Malibu, I was stayed, just staying at the, at the place. He's got it's like this. the
1: Shangri La Estates. Yeah, Shangri La. Yeah. So you just stayed there the whole time. So do you uh, do you miss Malibu life, bro?
2: I got to do it a lot. I do, I mean, yeah, totally. I miss going
1: there. I mean, like. Like it was so much
2: fun to make records there, and I haven't done it in a fucking while. There was still like a bedroom with my stuff in it as of like a year ago last time. I yeah.
1: So that's me. how many rooms there are. Even Sweeney still has a room. <laughs> Dude, shangri was this was was built by Standard Oil as a party
2: house yeah. to entertain horrible people <laughs> in like the forties or fifties. It was like a straight up fuck house. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. There, there was rooms for process. literally. That's it's like party house, uh-huh. you know. And, and, uh, and, uh, and this was fabulous view. And then my understanding is that it was always in the hands of kind of party people, drug people, weird shit. Uh, so of course, it kind of t- gets turned into a studio, you know. And so <laughs> like the band, you know, they like if you watch that movie, The Last Waltz. They're all high on heroin and and like just fucked up in this making this record, and that's like that's that's that Shangri La, and you could tell what the vibe was. It was that vibe for a long time. It's still, as far as party ghosts, it's like unbeatable. (laughs) But it it is one hundred percent the most vibey, weird shit. It's It's neither good nor bad. You don't really sleep great
0: there. It's the party ghost. I mean, party ghost is a really cool phrase that I feel like speaks. I know exactly what you mean.
1: If you have a little trouble sleeping there the next time, I got a little idea for you. Just tie off right about here. You'll be out like a light. If if these walls could talk, they'd say, let me get a hit, bro. What
2: makes you think I wasn't doing that the whole fucking time, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And just, just by eating people and not, not being a dickhead. And I think also being like actually interested in this stuff and sort of having an enthusiasm for it, you know what I mean? And a curiosity about like hopefully a non-annoying curiosity. (laughs) about stuff. But be curious. That's the whole thing. It's like, you know, pay a pay fucking attention. Mm-hmm. And again, because I have no, like, I'm a spaz, man. You know, like... <laughs> we can tell. We can tell. Yeah, I mean, I've got it. I can control it a certain amount, but back then, Jesus, I don't, I don't know how I did it, really, with the Ruben thing. I was just very focused. And I think what what worked out was I shut the fuck up, and then when I did ask a question, it wasn't a super annoying question. <laughs> like, I remember it was, it was like, it was with Mike Campbell. The guy wrote fucking Boys of Summer, you know, he's the dude on, he's all of Tom Petty's jams, you know, and, and all of this shit. And so I like asked him, I was like, What's the Jeff Lynn move? What's Jeff Lynn's big move? I just asked him that because like, Jeff Lynn's his producer. And he's like, Well, he's got a lot of moves, you know. <laughs> I was like, Okay, <laughs> you yeah. know. And then he just told me, like, four really, he goes, He uses that, that dial like that, that dial like that. And he goes, And and also, we never leave without having the song completely done. We don't leave the studio without the song being totally done. It's like, really? He goes, yeah, man. You know, he's like, and I've never done, he goes, I used to not be that way. Or I thought that you could like come and go and work on stuff. And it he goes, Jeff was the guy who was like, was like, well, do you want to do a solo? Because you got to do it
0: now. if You're going to do it. If it's happening, we can just get it done right yeah, now. <laughs> I
2: could be wrong, but I also think that maybe even mixed
0: they're done oh shit like really done yeah yeah done. that's wild man that's really wild i like that i like it too
2: and it's interesting because at the time those jeff lynn songs that chum petty jeff Lynn stuff sounded to me at the time when i was a kid sounded really roboticized they sounded really mechanical or or, Mm. they sounded so different you know but and i was it was cool to find out that no, they were like super live super they you know he just tweaked it with compression actually it's boring i'm so low tech about stuff like when i produce i'm completely reliant on engineers and, and whoever's engineering is doing all the work you know
1: so you're like turn that thingy up more and they're like you got it boss <laughs> yeah, yeah totally and, and then the whole thing is to have a relationship
2: with a great engineer you know and and that's that's like kind of how you get it done unless you are you know gifted enough to be able to to be a great engineer and
0: a great musician. There's there's tons of people who are that way too. What kind of what kind of hours do you keep? You know what I mean. I feel like you're. A, are you a man of the night or are you an early riser?
1: Feels like both. Are we gonna fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know you drink a lot of cups of coffee every day. When does the first one get poured, Matt?
0: Oh, like these days,
2: early in the morning, like before eight.
0: Before eight, that's not I'm getting up at five thirty. Why are you getting up at five thirty? Because I have a I have a hustler's mentality, Matt. I'm trying to get up and get this paper. You know what I mean? Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, hell no. Um Chris is up with the markets. He's on the phone with Taiwan. I'm working the know. phones. No, no, no. Oh, okay.
0: Oh, I, I didn't know. I get up naturally, honestly, pretty early, and then I like to work out as early as possible to kind of get it over with. All right. I don't think it's normal, but I know that as you get older, you wake up earlier naturally. Most people do.
2: No doubt. No doubt. For sure. No. no, So, I mean, that's the thing. is, I don't know. Up until up until I was around 40, 45, let's say, my hours were pretty insane, and I drank and drugged a lot non-stop with no real repercussions ever
1: uh, up until you were 45
2: yeah damn um
1: good for you but it was kind of it wasn't like a big
2: quitting thing like i still smoke shit tons of weed and I, I can drink or whatever but but i actually but really have left like power drinking behind but like i could, <laughs> fucking it's crazy what i got away with so as far as that kind of goes i've been on a vibe for the last few years of Like taking care of myself. And that's the way it's, that's the way it goes. I mean, my, the thing that I say all the time in regards to this is like, about 45, if you were like really, you know, going for it, you know, leading a life that involves crazy hours and just doing lots of shit and drinking and doing, you know, just saying... You could
0: say cocaine here. It's fine. We talk about it
2: a lot.
1: Saying yes, <laughs> saying yes to everything. You know, like anything.
2: You know, like like that. Now I'm definitely like psychedelics and weed. And that's, you know, it as far as, as far as abusing.
1: When you said as far as abusing, of course, I still use cocaine and heroin, but I don't abuse it. So as you, you mentioned power drinking, we all have our version of that. I would like to know what your... You know what constitutes a night of power drinking for you in terms of exact quantities and alcohols? Oh, dude, whatever. Like. <laughs> there was there was no end point Yeah, you you drink until you you you're, until you're in jail. <laughs> I mean, I would never go to jail. <laughs> He's untouchable. Jail, you know what? Snake. Actually,
2: no, that's interesting. I ended up going to jail because I got caught smoking a fucking joint and I had like I had like a Xanax on me or some shit. Okay, this was like I don't know. Uh, yeah, actually, it, it was. It was like six six years ago. It was just, that, that really was kind of weirdly really the end. You know, and I was about 45. I was just like, and I wasn't even wasted or anything. It was like, it was just like a normal night. But it's just like, I guess it caught up on me. But all of a sudden, I was in jail.
1: No, I mean going going to jail yes. for for lighting up a doobie at forty five <laughs> sounds yes. like a sobering fucking thing.
2: It, it did, and, and and it was it was in front of my local bar, and, and it, it it did sort of weirdly shake me
1: the fuck up. How does it feel now that if you did that, if you went and did that today, a cop would walk right past you?
2: I flow <laughs> weed in cops' faces every day.
1: <laughs> so you're getting your pound of flesh back for that, for sure. Do you is it is it crazy to you, or does it feel normal that? drugs are decriminalized and you can just walk down the street blowing some chief into a, p- a pig's face. Uh,
2: you know, I mean, I think it's great. I'll always be stoked about it. I, I think I'll always be stoked when I go to a weed store. But this is great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, Matt, you for for the amount of hard living you claim to have done and, and in your age, you, you look great. And, and you said you've been working on your your mental and your physical the last few years. What exactly have you been doing other in, other than moisturizing?
0: Heroin. It pickles your insides in a way that you just can't do with anything else. Well, I have a few local. I'm an East Village resident as well, so I have a few local questions for you. Okay. Um, what's your number one? Are you like an Abrasso guy or a Ninth Ninth Street Espresso guy? I'm more
2: of a Ninth Street Espresso guy. Well, so like the big game changer was getting a rig at home. You got
1: you got a half stock at home.
2: Mr. Palmer, actually, the Fergie from Nashville got B and J R. the that tea kettle you know with like with the different temperatures on it
1: yep,
0: yep,
2: yep. yeah the ones that you know. see at the asshole coffee shops with the thing
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly no of course we we know a, t- a $250 kettle that boils <laughs> water
2: I <laughs> I, I don't think it's that much. Maybe. No,
1: no, no. I mean, they, they'll get up there, but yeah, but it's a, it's a douchey thing. But then when you have one in your house, you're like, oh, I like the action on this thing. Totally
2: life changing. Also, I was just thinking, I don't do heroin. I, I, I wish, I wish I was telling the truth <laughs> when I when I said uh, no. I,
0: <laughs> no, we we got that. We got that. I run. I, I got into running
2: ten years ago or something like that. I think I've been doing it pretty regularly since then. It's a cool one because I think for people who like to. To drink and, and party or whatever, and who keep odd hours and who don't live a, a, a normal life. It just resets you in certain ways where, you know, it's way easier for me to like not drink all the time. Even though I did drink a shit ton when I was running, So this thing—it doesn't get in the way of your habits. Mm-hmm. But you just don't—I don't know. It's interesting. It's—it's it's a cool way to sort of slide out and to slide into sort of healthier things.
0: Well, I think it's the most. I think it's also the most democratic and simple form of exercise. I mean, you know, it's like, yeah,
1: it completely. That's why I did it. And, and you
0: walk out the door and you do it. Yeah. There's no membership. There's no intimidation. Yeah.
1: No
2: equipment. Yeah, for sure. And the, and then you find ways to spend tons of money on equipment. <laughs> of course.
0: Yeah. No. Of course. No. You got to rotate. You got to rotate shoes with every. Every run, so, yeah, you know,
1: have that some goo on the third mile. Yeah, squeeze exactly. one of those into the mouth. Yeah, exactly. So, what are you listening to on the run? Are, are you hopefully you're going silent like a boss?
2: I do, yeah. I bet I did to get myself into it. I use every possible thing you know <laughs> and, and it was great it was super that's how i got into podcasts and stuff was for sure was was exercising there's no way I was yeah. it. okay good for a while i kept on getting jobs where i'd have to learn like lots of music and so it was a good way to to like you know go and run and listen oh. to i, I can definitely go on and on about what i think is like interesting music to run to if running is like a task that you're still trying to you know like you're, you're trying to fucking mm-hmm. to do it and you still need a lot of encouragement you know like Merle Haggard is great. George
0: Jones is great.
2: All, all these like, two-minute two minute songs are fucking killer.
0: Because it's just moving, because it's moving fast.
2: Yeah, and then there's something to hold on to in the thing. There's something in all these songs that's either the narrative or whatever the fucking stupid hook is that, you know, and then there's two minutes, you know, and like and that... Uh, that, that's on the dumbest level I could go on and, and sound, make a sound
1: awkward no I think that's a that's a cool thing I mean obviously electronic dance music the best to run to <laughs> yeah. none of that LCD sound system stuff I'm talking about the real shit <laughs> <laughs> what BPM range is the ideal for for your pace? I've never
2: I never understood. I I can't imagine doing it that way.
1: But I think a lot of people talk about that of like you find the perfect BPM range for the way your body runs, and yes. and you could time it so you're just like right on the kick. Boom! 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 I know, boom. like,
2: what kind of psycho does it's like you <laughs> run until you find the way?
1: Then, then one could argue, what kind of psycho runs to Merle Haggard down Fourth and B? Running to Merle Haggard is
0: wild shit, and now I'm I really want to try right? it. I've never heard that's the last thing on earth I, I'd expect anyone to say. And now, put I'm my soccer trick- knees
1: on, fire up the Outlaw Country, <laughs> yeah. Do a shot of Jim Beam and <laughs> out the door, brother. He's got a uh, down every road.
2: I think is like there. It's like, like an enormous. It's like all of his singles or some shit.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Down every road. I feel like Nike is going to steal that for their next Run Club campaign. <laughs> exactly, <yeah. laughs> Nike, Nike. Oh, yeah. Nike, down every road. <laughs> yeah, we partnered with Merle Haggard. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's I I'm really shocked at how people
2: like who do music shit and. Who do the life don't run. It's, it's really weird.
0: Well, it's also easy to do on tour completely. Everything about it works for the thing. And and then,
2: and then you find out who's into it and who doesn't go, Oh, cool. You know, it's always kind of been a thing, but it's still sort of. I don't know, it's annoying. It's annoying for people to talk about their personal habits, I suppose. So that so
1: you've never listened to a podcast then, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) That's all it is. I just
2: did for mental health reasons, you know, like like and people should totally know that. You know, like like and I kinda didn't, even though I thought I was kinda well informed, it was still like I don't think that any of the strengths I talked to ever said, Hey, just do this. Go for a run for half an hour because I guarantee you will feel different. like that's Mm -hmm. you will Feel different, you know what I mean? You really will.
1: Joe Rogan's the only one saying it nowadays. Ew, <laughs> right? But it makes perfect sense. You're you're inside. You said uh, yeah, self proclaimed yeah, yeah. spaz. You're bouncing off the walls in your house. It's like, hey, go outside. There's no walls.
2: That's probably why that fucking prick has has uh, has a <laughs> following.
0: You know? Uh, it, no, for sure. No, for sure. Uh-huh. Because because
2: I can see that. You know what I mean? Uh, as far as getting a following, because it's a really life changing. It thing works. I think a lot of people. You know, and and and. and definitely helped my ass you know like fuck your body like, looks you know. sick and so,
1: and so now like 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 i
2: think i would spend like two hours a day doing stuff to that, that just to not fucking freak out
1: you I gotta say you guys have almost inspired me to start running you got, <laughs> this is the closest i've ever been to thinking about running and,
2: and without a doubt it's the scene in rocky that's it that's all you gotta know
1: <laughs> looking like shit is kind of a cool part about it i think
2: like <laughs> And that was a big part of it for me when I got into it. it was like it's a total humiliation vibe, you know? Like, like uh-huh. you have to get it out
1: of the way yourself to do it, like boot, like boot camp. Get on the floor, maggot. It's just Jason. No,
2: no, it's just goofy. You just feel goofy and embarrassed doing it. Yeah, I did, but but then you just go Rocky, and they go right. You know, he also kind of looked. I remember as a child when I saw, it, I was like, that looks ridiculous, but that looks fucking amazing, and that looks like desperate, but also looks really cool and it's like then it is all this kind of things. I, I
1: want to be wearing sweatpants in 20 degree weather like blowing snot out <laughs> of yeah, my totally. nose and exactly. drooling and going Ugh. Exactly. I need, maybe I need to hire a, an older stout gentleman to drive a car <laughs> and have a, a fishing pole with a nice Italian sub on the back of it and I'll just go at my own yep. little pace and eventually I'll get that hog. I would do, I, when I visit
2: Berg and he lives in Goodlessville which is in the country like 20, 20, 20 miles outside of Nashville and he had this like perfect running zone and, and I got him running a lot when I work out there and of course Berg like smoked at that point like 17 packs of cigarettes a day <laughs> and he would he would say every once in so a while well, because he would also wake up really early and so I'd be on my run, and all of a sudden, like, going around the bend, in this country road would be, like, this, this white Mercedes with this dude smoking a cigarette, and I'd be, like, dying out there. <laughs> and he'd just roll and he'd, and he'd, like, pull past me, and be like, you don't want to get in? You <laughs> know, and, and I'd watch him go all the way down the road. Damn.
0: <laughs> I love the running tails. Alright, Matt Sweeney, thank you for joining us on How Long Gone. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you. Yeah, thanks for taking the time,
0: Matt. Yeah. I'll see you Security burger. I'll see you on the fucking streets.